Welcome to the Reconstructing Healthcare podcast, a show where we discuss what's wrong with healthcare and talk with innovative companies disrupting the health insurance marketplace. Join us as we explore strategies to help employers lower healthcare costs and build a better health plan. Now here's your host, Michael Maneri. All right, hello, this is Michael Maneri, and I want to welcome everyone to the Reconstructing Healthcare podcast. Today, our guest is Kate Ryder from Maven. Kate, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. So here's the game plan. What we seek to do on this show is challenge the status quo in healthcare purchasing and educate our audience on non-traditional methods to either lower their costs or improve value for their employees. Sound like something you want to help with? Yeah, we do both. So excited to talk today. (laughs) Love it. Love it. All right. So to get us started, I'm going to read a brief bio about you and Maven Clinic. So our audience has a little bit of context about who they're listening to. And then we'll jump into the interview. So Kate Ryder is the founder and CEO of Maven, the only virtual clinic dedicated to women's and family health. Named one of Fast Company's 10 most innovative healthcare companies in 2018, Maven's leading family benefits platform advances women in the workplace and makes it easier for parents to start and grow a family during a critical time in their careers. Maven was founded in 2014, operates the largest proprietary women's and family health telehealth network in the country, and has raised more than $40 million in capital from top investors, including Sequoia and Oak HCF team. Kate previously worked in venture capital and journalism, writing for The Economist from Southeast Asia, New York, and London. In 2009, she worked with former U.S. Treasury Secretary Hank Paulson, helping him write his memoirs about the U.S. financial crisis. Kate received her BA from the Honors College at the University of Michigan and her MSc from the London School of Economics. And Kate lives in Brooklyn with her husband, son, and daughter. Anything else you'd like to add, Kate? (laughs) No, that was pretty comprehensive. (laughs) All right. All right. So unlike a lot of people that we interview on this show, you do not have a healthcare background. You spent many years as a writer, as a reporter prior to, to launching Maven. So tell us, how does one go from journalist to healthcare entrepreneur? Good question. I never in a million years thought that would be my path uh, when I graduated from college. So um, the the one thing uh, that is, I would say, pretty consistent, my dad's an entrepreneur, so the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. You know, I was a journalist for many years, and it was great. I I love the work. I think what I was good at is I was a reporter. So I would write stories based on getting great information from sources. Um, I was a financial and business reporter. I covered some uh, healthcare stories. I covered some um, pharma stories for, for the science section of The Economist. And so when it came time to figure out what business to start, I, I had a few false starts in other industries. Mm-hmm. But really the theme that united all of the ideas that I had was this idea of you know women and diversity and, and gender equality and, and empowering women and mm-hmm. empowering families. And so when I was covering the digital health sector at Index, I just found it incredibly odd that, you know, women control like the the vast majority of of how the dollars are spent in healthcare, you know, 80%. And also when you look at actually some of the major healthcare costs that self-insured employers struggle with, and you you look at like where a lot of the dollars hospitals make come from, it's actually 
fertility and maternity care. And so you had this dynamic where women control the vast majority of the dollars across the board. You had this one really high cost area. And yet all of the businesses I were seeing didn't tackle those needs nor spoke to the female consumer. And so I thought, wow, here it is. And so the first thing I, I did, and it's, it's, you know, it, it mirrors very much my journalism career and, and how I still run the business today is I called up 20 really smart providers in women's health and entrepreneurs and said, mm-hmm. I, I just asked them a lot of questions. You know, that was where what that was that was where it all started was was talking to, to providers and, and understanding why, you know, OBs and women's health providers weren't really in this telehealth revolution and there just weren't a lot of products that was leveraging that this part of our supply base. And so really that was where Maven was born. Warren Buffett recently characterized our healthcare system as a, a hungry tapeworm on the American economy. And uh, there's plenty of studies to, to really support that. Uh, a recent one from the Kaiser Family Foundation uh, indicated about three in 10 adults report someone in their household has had problems paying medical bills in the past year, oftentimes with consequences like having to cut back on spending in, in basic needs like food, housing, and clothing. So clearly that's a problem. Tell me in your words, what do you think is wrong with our healthcare system and, and why do you think we, we continue to see cost increases like we do? Big question. We could spend an hour hours talking about that. Um, just from the perspective of Maven and, and, and my vantage point, I think that obviously the biggest thing is that there's no accountability and there's no connection to this move from fee-for-service to value-based care is, is long overdue. So, mm-hmm. you know, because, and, and we're not there yet, obviously. So, you know, very high level. I think that's one of the biggest problems that's going on. But I think this idea of accountability is just a, a huge problem, particularly in women's health. You look at our maternal mortality rate maternal and and it's the highest in the developed world and you talk to OBs in the field and you're like why is this is it because we have a less healthy population I mean we have the the best and the best centers and doctors in the world and it's because you know a a maternal death is just looked at as collateral damage as part of just women's health and, and delivering a child but that doesn't need to be the case but there's no accountability to say if there was a a problem then the doctor needs to be held accountable or the hospital itself so I, I think like that that's something that we really that that I really look at as as another thing that could improve how how things are made and I know that there's a lot of steps being taken as well to, to have, um, you know, a lot more data reported and, and specifically in women's health on C-section rates, episiotomy mm-hmm. rates, but, but still, I mean, that needs to be done at, you know, at a, a, at a larger scale. Yes. Agreed. There's, there's progress being made in many areas. It's probably not happening as fast as it could for sure. Let's get into the Maven product and service. And so I, I really want to start by diving into the problem. What is the the problem that you're attempting to solve and address for your specific you know niche population? Yeah, so I would say we work in a really special category where a lot of times, and you know, you're seeing it in the data, a lot of millennials actually don't have primary care physicians. <laughs> they don't go to the doctor because it's confusing. It's you don't know who to go to. There's not one place on the internet, like Amazon with consumer discretionary, you know, you can go to Amazon if you Mm -hmm. need to buy toilet paper and you need to compare prices and whatnot. There's nowhere to do that in healthcare. So as a millennial who is used to all of these kind of very on-demand apps and across all these industries, Healthcare is just so frustratingly complex that why why would you go to the doctor if you're not sick? So right. then it comes 
time to start a family. And that is this oftentimes the first major healthcare experience for a lot of young people if they've been relatively healthy. And so whether you start with the pregnancy itself or you start with a fertility journey and, and you know, and, and you, you use IVF to get pregnant or you even start with egg freezing and you start there or you are in LGBTQ couple and you start with adoption or, you know, surrogacy or any of the, the ways to start a family today. It is just the, the dysfunction just hits you across the face. And so I think really where Maven kind of steps in is we have, you know, modernized the entire process. So it, it, it's very practical in helping patients. We really focus in on this entire holistic journey. So if your route to having a child is IVF to miscarriage, to IVF to miscarriage, to IVF to pregnancy, to postpartum depression, and then return to work on the other end of that, Maven kind of works with you through that journey. And we have programs that support you, you know, throughout the, the, the entire experience that are both virtual. So you, you know, you work with our, our, our virtual providers. We have over 20 specialists in our custom networks. We have everything from OBs to sleep coaches to pediatricians. And then we also do a lot of in-person referring and, and just kind of helping people understand how to navigate the system. So let's say you're trying to figure out what fertility clinic to go to and how do we even measure quality there? We can help with those frameworks. You know, you, same with on the, in the OB front, we really kind of help steer as well as manage a big journey like this. And so what we're bringing to this entire category is not just kind of better care for women and filling in the gaps. Like most women aren't even screening sure. for part of mood disorders. We do that. Plus we provide the treatment, but we also, what this does is, you know, because there's that return to work experience on the other end, it also is bringing diversity um, and promoting diversity in the workforce. Because if you are adopting, it, there's just long been no support for that. Sure. And also, you know, the wage gap for women in the workforce really starts right after babies are born. And 43% of new moms are dropping out of the workforce after having kids. So, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about that statistic you just mentioned. So 43% of moms are dropping out of the workforce. Mm-hmm. Why? Why is that? I mean, lots of reasons, obviously, but I would say that from our perspective, so more than 75% did not intend to do that. And they, they, they didn't know they were going to be there. It's a combination of things. I mean, one, the, the, you know, the one that we just can't do much about is the cost of childcare, right? I mean, that is just skyrocketing and that is pushing um, my own personal friends that are in jobs that, you know, if, if you're only making as much as it costs to pay your nanny <laughs> and you don't like your job, you're probably not going to stay in the workforce. Another big area that we see is just, there's so little support emotionally going through this process that if you have a, let's say you have a tough labor and delivery, and then you, you know, are suffering, breastfeeding is really hard. And then you kind of are suffering from postpartum mood disorder. And then things like your relationship are getting tough. And you have only 12 weeks of paid leave, and you're returning into a high pressure environment where you're the only parent on your team. That's actually a very, very real reason as to why people either drop out of the workforce or very inefficiently switch teams because they don't want to work in certain teams. I think I think that's a great point because, you know, to be honest, I'm a parent. I have a three-year-old, a six-year-old. I had zero respect for working families and working parents, moms and dads before I had my own children, because you just don't know, you don't know what you don't know. And then after, you know, you have your first kids, you kind of realize, oh my God, how do people do this? It's a good point to make that a lot of work environments probably don't account for the complexity that somebody returns to in all aspects of their life after, you know, after, you know, a newborn comes. 
Yeah, I mean, we part of our return to work program is both working with the member itself, but then we also um, work with the managers. We have manager trainings, we have parental leave playbooks. But one of the things that we have done for um, a lot of our clients is we'll, you know, we collect all of this data in our return to work program around like what people are anxious about. We, you know, we're tracking their anxiety levels, we're tracking kind of, you know, how they're feeling, they're talking to our career coaches, our back to work coaches. And so then from that, we're able to actually say to an employer, you are benchmarking a little bit high based on some of the other clients we work with in your industry on the anxiety around returning to work. And it's because you haven't standardized your flexibility policies. And so people are returning sometimes to teams where they're not allowed to work from home ever. And as someone with a three month old, that's like a terrifying thought. And then others, you know, managers are very generous there. And so, you know, you really need to just standardize this um, in, in order to reduce that anxiety around coming back because you know, there's so much word of mouth in the new parent population and bad stories spread really quickly. Um, also, you know, and, and how to cope. So, so that, it, yeah, that's a, it's a really important dynamic. I think that is now only being recognized by a lot of companies is like, how do you equip managers to deal with new parents coming back to work? I want to get a little bit deeper into the actual product. Maybe you're referred to as a digital clinic for families. So what does that mean? Uh, describe to us what's included in the service and how you're delivering it. We call ourselves a digital clinic because, so we operate the largest women's and family telehealth network in the country. And so, you know, you can come to the Maven platform and you can actually, you know, within 10 minutes, book an appointment with a OBGYN or a pediatrician or a mental health provider virtually. You can, you can chat with them about anything from weird symptoms to just education, educational questions around what's about to happen to actual treatment for, let's say, baby blues or anxiety. Really, it's that's the heart and soul of Maven is the fact that we just yes. such high touch care and such on demand, modern, millennial friendly care. The other thing that why we call ourselves a digital clinic is is beyond our providers, we actually have care concierges, which are almost like your quarterback throughout the whole experience. And yeah. they're also there 24-7. So it's like you enter our product. And yes, we have lots of content and we have lots of community and, and, and whatnot. But we also have real people with medical degrees who are who are there for you for whatever you need. And so it's it's a very holistic experience. If you need, you know, you want medical support, if you even just want to talk to a nutritionist about what to, you know, start feeding your six month old and when you're introducing solids, like. So we're talking about a completely different consumer experience. And just because it's easy for me, I want to compare it to our own experience. You have to book an appointment within your medical group, right? And you have to take off time from work. And it, at that point, it wasn't just my wife taking off time from work. It was both of us taking time off from work to go to the doctor together. And then oftentimes you're waiting. And I don't recall if there was that sort of access to just pick up a phone and call or text the physician. I'm pretty sure there, <laughs> pretty sure there wasn't. By the way, what's awesome um, is that so we have a partner track and, and, you know, a lot of dads use it. And so what we found is that so there are, are, are couples using us where you wouldn't have to go to the in-person appointment because you can actually have just an informational session together with a, a, a Maven midwife or OB at night um, from your couch. So anyway, so it, 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 it's been interesting to see like how people have, ha, how couples have used Maven together. Um, but, but that's one of them is, is you're right. It's like very inconvenient, <laughs> particularly at the end of the pregnancy, we're going like every two weeks. 
Yeah, no, I think I think that's that's fantastic from a convenience standpoint because I mean most families, if they're working families, they're busy, right? They're they're things that they have going on. And you know, that time away from work is always an additional stressor for sure. So it's delivered via mobile app. Or web. Web, text. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Everything's in the app, messaging, video. We can you can call you can use a phone. You just have to kind of meet the member, like whatever modality they want, whether it's phone, message, or or video, we we have it. Or if they want to go in person and they need a referral or even come someone sure. coming to our home, we've 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 matched that. So really it's just kind of whatever whatever someone needs. You don't just have OBGYNs on your clinical staff. You know, there's a host of providers. So can you go through that? And I mean, give us the whole spectrum of the the types of providers and support in addition to kind of the, the care concierge quarterback that, you know, a patient would have access to? Yeah. So what we found is that kind of taking a larger step back. So when you think about starting a family, and this is from one of our OBs, like there's five things that happen, right? You need to um, try, you try to get pregnant, then you are pregnant. Then you have to deliver the baby. Then you have to recover, breastfeed, go back to work. And then you have to figure out how to pay for it all if you have, you know, potential medical bills. And usually two of the five things go wrong. But, and that, that kind of actually yes. is like, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. So there's so many different providers that help you for whatever two of the things that go wrong. So maybe, you know, so on average after a program, we'll see someone has spoken to about six of our providers. So maybe you are an OB yourself, you know, and you, you just don't ever need to talk to an OB because you got that one checked off. But then, you know, let's say you develop gestational diabetes and you have to go on a new diet and you've never thought about this before. And you want to talk to a nutritionist that specializes in high risk pregnancy, then all of a sudden, you know, we have that provider for you. Or let's say you develop sciatica during your pregnancy and you need to talk to a physical therapist about various exercises due to be more comfortable. And by the way, booking women's health physical therapists, that is just like a failing across the board of so <laughs> many health plans. Like there's none network, like or there's like one or two and they're never available, like mental health kind of the same way. Yep. Yep. Um, and so anyway, so that's an area where like at least we can't obviously like touch you virtually, but we can at least help you develop exercises and a game plan to keep you comfortable until you can get in and see someone. You know, we have lactation consultants, you know, some people have really struggle with breastfeeding, others they think it's totally fine and they don't need to see one. But the, the whole point is that whatever you need, someone's there. Sometimes, you know, if a baby's born um, preterm with, and there's developmental delays, a pediatric mm-hmm. occupational therapist is needed to kind of help with those, that early motor skills. You know, we have even, you know, that level of specialty in our network. So, you know, I was in a meeting the other week and, and, and someone was like, are you kidding? Like 20 specialties for this time of life. But when you look at women's health and pediatrics together, and like we have adoption coaches because that's really difficult to navigate. So there's just so much there. So, um, and then, you know, even transitioning back to work, career coaches, back to work coaches, um, you know, that, that component is really popular in our program. So we're really talking about an entire support ecosystem to address any one of those five areas that you described. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, sometimes in the early days when, you know, this was still a relatively new concept with you know, telemedicine itself. So sometimes we'd be like, what, well, why would I need this? I emailed with my pediatrician and I was like, okay, but did your baby have trouble sleeping? Like we have sleep coaches on yes. demand. Do you want to yes. help? You know? So, so I think it's knowing that if, if two or five things will go wrong, women have very different needs. Um, but the point is, is that we'll be able to help you um, with whatever you need. Just again, personal example, you know, our oldest son, Connor, he had trouble sleeping. The doctor really wasn't the one to figure it out. You know, we, we had a, um, 
a woman come and, you know, babysit one night so we could actually get out for dinner. We came home and, and the nanny was, uh, babysitter was like, your son has uh, acid reflux. And that's why he's, that's why he's screaming at night. And right. here, all you need to do is just incline the crib a little bit and boom, slept like that. But those, those are the small little things that you don't necessarily have access to, to support and, and yeah. Or, or totally, or I mean, in pediatrics and early parenting, all of the different opinions on literally everything. So for instance, <laughs> my daughter had acid reflux too. She was screaming the first um, weeks of her pregnancy. So we went to a pediatrician and they were like, oh, we just don't like putting, you know, prescribing medication for a four week old. And so she just screamed. And then a bunch of my friends were like, really, I got medication prescribed for a four week old because you don't want them to be uncomfortable. So then I even just using a Maven pediatrician to educate myself on why someone would say that why my friends are having different experiences. And then what questions I should even ask when I went it, you know, going again to ask the pediatrician. And sure enough, it was just kind of, you know, the pediatrician just didn't ask enough questions. They didn't realize yeah. how uncomfortable my daughter was because yep. they didn't have a lot of time with me. And so then going back that second time is a really informed mother and patient, um, I was able to then get the medicine and then she was fine. And then 12 weeks later, it went away. Information is power. Right? <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, so let's talk about one other thing regarding the, the network there that you have. How do you ensure quality in the, the coaches, the clinicians that you're recruiting to your network? What's your process there? Yeah. So that's so important. It's the first thing we built out. So we have an entire system where, you know, if you apply to Maven, the first, you take a test, you have a case study, we do reference checks, we do background checks, and then we even video interview every single person. And by the way, like our practitioner advisors do it. So like an OB will interview another OB or, you know, so we basically only accept about 35% of the providers that apply. Um, we're in a privileged position where there, because there's just not a lot of other options. If you're a women's health provider to go that we can be extremely picky on quality. We have a strict credentialing process. So like, for instance, even if you're a coach, you have to be part, you have to be certified by like the international board of coaches. That's like the best certification, like lactation consultant, you have to be an IBCLC. You can't just be an LC. So, you know, that we, we also kind of pay a lot of attention to credentials. And then once, so everyone then gets a score after they go through this entire system. And it's based on four areas, you know, empathy, reliability, uh, experience and training and credit. Credibility and credibility can even be, you know, when you came to your mock interview uh, or your mock, you know, provider patient experience that we do as part of our video interview, um, you know, did you have your hair wet in a messy room? Because no, even if you're like a board certified pediatrician, you, you have to have some, you know, you have to be credible online. You can't, you know, show up rolling yeah. out of bed. So anyway, so we pay a lot of attention to that. And then once they're in the product, everyone rates after every single appointment, um, how their provider did across these four areas. And it's, it's amazing, but we, we actually have a 4.9 out of five stars across over, the, I think at this point, it's more than 75,000 appointments. So yes, we do a lot up front. But what's also really, I think, unique and special about our network is that you know, we, we obviously are a platform for all families, but it, it is women who are carrying the child and having the major medical experience, right? Mm -hmm. And 98% of our providers are women. So there's this incredible, I think, connection established where you could be talking to a really, maybe you had a miscarriage and you're talking to a midwife about it and she also had one. So there's medical expertise and empathy in a way that I think it's, it's hard to find sometimes in the in-person system. You mentioned additional, you know, resources sort of in the, the, the spectrum 
spectrum of, of how you, you support people through this process. And one of those was return to work. Can you give us a little bit more color on how you're supporting the employee and the employer you know, to get back to work after childbirth? Yes. The first company, I believe, that came out and said, this was back in 2015, maternity is not a nine-month experience. You have to also recover and return to work. So our, our maternity program is 15 months. So we rolled out with our first clients in 2015. We collected a bunch of, of data. The return to work portion was always like very highly engaged. And we just started hearing all of these things also from our career coaches. So what we then did is we built a return to work curriculum based on a lot of the things. I mean, one of the big questions we ask them is like, what do you keep saying over and over to women? <laughs> You're like, gosh, I wish all of you just knew this. Like no one's giving you this education. And so that's basically, we, we built this entire curriculum that is actually written by our practitioners. And every week you get a module starting the second you have a pregnancy. So, you know, you, you like one of the modules is how to prep for maternity leave. And you're getting that in the second trimester of your pregnancy. Or another one in the first trimester of your pregnancy is how to tell your boss that you're pregnant you know, that's alongside like how to avoid an episiotomy. So, so we're getting that physical, that emotional and that lifestyle aspect in this return to work curriculum, because obviously if you avoid major intervention during labor and delivery, you're going to be physically more competent to come back to work. So yes. we, we take all of that into account and we, every week you get a, a, a new lesson. And so really, I think that what is um, special about our product is that feedback loops are really tight between content community and then practitioners. So maybe you read like how to tell your boss you're pregnant, but you are actually freaking out. You have so many more very specific questions based on your relationship with your boss. You can then book with that career coach and, and actually talk it through. Great. Great. I mean, there's, there's so much, I think, anxiety around the process, especially when it's your first, that sounds like a great support system to help, you know, build, build a little bit of confidence right through the process. Let's talk about the member experience, right? This has been rolled out to my employer. I'm an employee at ABC Company. How am I learning about the program? Or how are, how are you identifying people to start? And then, so, and then once you do, how do they get engaged? So we have just like a very beautiful audience to work with because pregnant. So first of all, these are millennials. So millennials love shiny apps. <laughs> and then second of all, there, this is not like a health condition where you're sick and you're kind of, it's like a drag like a, and, and, and you don't want to engage and you don't want to go to the doctor. There's actually a lot of joy attached yeah. to pregnancy because you're an excitement and you're starting a family. And it's a time where like you actually raise your hand and you look for what your benefits are. Or as if you, you know, let's say you have some other issue, you, you might just have had it for a while and you don't even know that you can get support. Maybe you don't even want it. Um, but this is where it's like, this is episodic. It's not a chronic condition. I mean, legally it's a disability, <laughs> whatever it is. Right. Anyway. So, so we have an extraordinarily high enrollment rate off of just basic marketing tactics. Like, I mean, we do a surround sound effect. We have a playbook for how we do it. We work with a client or like what's worked in the past for you. What are your, you know, what does your infrastructure look like? And here's what works for us. And then we figure out what's the right level of direct mailers versus email versus, you know, live to desktops versus in parenting groups. I mean, there's a lot of different stuff we, we do. And I think the other thing that has been really effective for us in terms of building that ongoing engagement and everything about our product, once you come in, I mean, we're like all about, you know, we, we have 
you know, algorithms that track everything you're doing. We're all about de- re-delivering you very personalized content. And, uh, you know, we, we have a pretty robust content system built out so that you are mm-hmm. engaging a lot in between appointments. But we also get that ongoing engagement because of just, um, you know, it, it becomes great, strong word of mouth. And so yep. just those user stories of, wow, like that Maven pediatrician at 2 a.m. like drove real value in my life and I'm really grateful. And this, and, and so therefore, like I'm not just being forced to talk to a coach right. for something, like I, I needed this. And so that's been really um, amazing to see. And then we, we republish a lot of those user testimonials to drive ongoing engagement. I would imagine that given per your comment, you're right. This isn't a chronic condition, right? It is, it is a, a joyful thing. I would imagine that your engagement with the eligible population is, is pretty high. Yeah, it's very high without naming numbers. It's let's just say like, we just rolled out with a pretty big client last week and they were shocked at how many people enrolled on day one, because we actually haven't even launched our direct mailer campaign yet. <laughs> right. No, I, I mean, I would imagine it would be well North of, of, of 60%. I mean, we talked about how you engage them on an ongoing basis. How do you measure your progress, how you're doing, customer satisfaction? Do you guys do any NPS scoring? Yeah, our NPS is 70. We were constantly checking things throughout the product. So basically every time you enter a program, you know, we'll ask you some questions. And then every time you exit the program, we'll ask you things like, did anything on Maven impact your, you know, pregnancy experience? What else can we be doing that's better on a scale of one to 10? You know, how satisfied are you? So, so we're constantly tracking that. Um, but I think, you know, the core of how we track our success is just engagement. And, and so how often, how, basically the, the, you know, how many minutes are people spending in the app per week? How many times are they booking with providers? How many times are they reaching out to their care concierges? And so, you know, we, we really look at a lot of that. And so all of those things you just mentioned, I think are great. Do you report on them back to the employer that you're working with? Yep. Yeah. We have pretty robust reporting. And then, um, so that's on the engagement side. And then from a cost side, you know, this is a, a high cost area. And so there are, you know, very specific levers that we can measure across claims on C-section rates, NICU admission rates, and then just more generally unnecessary ER and pediatric visits because of our, our robust telehealth. Let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, how are you measuring that and reporting out? Are you taking sort of historical data and doing sort of a baseline analysis and then measuring, you know, performance against that baseline, you know, post implementation of the Maven product? Yep. So it totally depends on the client. Um, but if, if we have access to their data warehouse and we're doing data feeds, then definitely we, we're just tracking kind of, you know, across like how we're, how we're affecting the average cost of pregnancy and then across some of those indicators. We also are in the middle of a longitudinal study right now that's retrospective. So we're looking at, you know, the Maven population over a long period of time versus the same period of time, in, you know, the same population before. Or Maven. And so, you know, there's, it's just, you know, there's a lot of ways. I mean, some clients also from a reporting and data standpoint, some clients actually don't yet have good ways to report retention. Some clients know it off the bat, others don't. And so we're even then just giving them a framework for how to start tracking some of this uh, return to work data too. And to me, this is where I think this program could probably be most impactful. I mean, you've got, you know, in certain industries, not all industries, but, you know, fierce competition for for talent. And it seems like your program could be something, you know, an employer who, you know, is really struggling to attract and retain talent. I mean, this seems to me like a differentiator. If you're focused on this specific population, right? 
working, you know, working working mothers, right? Totally. Across industries, you see it. There's different ways people are in talent wars. But like, for instance, egg freezing has been a sleeper hit over the last, I would say it's even very recent, like six months, things have really started to like everyone almost needs to have an egg freezing strategy now, whereas for talent attraction and retention. Um, and then and we're seeing specific industries, like it's just table stakes for, um, you know, hiring people. Right. And then others, you know, maybe that have gotten some negative press recently that they need to kind of prove that they're doing something to improve their organizations for working women. And then also just in general, um, I think what's great is that there's, there's, you know, there's working mother lists, like best places to work for working mothers. There's lots of awards given out for if you are a great place to work for families. And what we're, we're seeing also a lot of those companies realizing, oh my gosh, like, you know, my maternity management program through Aetna, even though I'm on this list, like not really doing it. But anyway, so, so that's also, you know, to just even if you want to, if you are already at the cutting edge that there Maven's kind of showing you, wait, there's even, there's way more that you can do as well. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's worth mentioning. I mean, you mentioned Aetna. I mean, we can just call, I mean, the care management programs from the, the major insurance carriers are, are dismal. And, and yeah, the, the I mean, their, their utilization rates show that <laughs> the utilization rates are, are putrid and you don't hear people saying, oh, my God, I was so glad I was introduced to such and such program from ABC carrier. Right. Uh, so, no, I, I don't think the, I don't think those programs, I think it's a safe statement to say, I don't think those programs are making very much of an impact, you know, whether it's for maternity or whether it's for chronic conditions, you know, across, you know, across their books of business. Yeah, I mean, we're now um, also expanding into uh, health plans as well. So we're engaged with a few and being their partner to help them. They've kind of recognized they're they're not going to build this. <laughs> they recognize they're not very good at it. Women <laughs> are way more complicated than they thought. <laughs> yeah. So l- let's talk a little bit about just the, the fee structure for Maven. Is it a per employee per month? Is it a per participant fee? I mean, how do you guys structure it? It's a per engagement. So we'll typically take historical rates of pregnancies and look and then and then also if they have fertility in the past, and that's always helpful to know a lot of uh, our clients, you know, this is the first time they've offered fertility benefits, um, but everything's per, per engagement. And then, you know, we also have breast milk shipping. So there, there's a lot of different components and, and really we, um, we can flex with whatever strategy the client has. Yeah. And so just, just to, to clarify, I mean, there's the core program, which is going to be a, a, an engagement fee for that 15 month period. And then you do have, you know, sort of buy up services for the infertility, the egg freezing, and, you know, some of these ancillary services that an employer can, can offer. Yeah. So we have, you know, all of these different programs or, you know, you can describe them as products where, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, our maternity is the one that we, you know, we, that was our flagship. It's 15 months. It includes our return to work. Then we have IVF, we have egg freezing, we have adoption, we have surrogacy. And then, you know, breast milk shipping is a, as a sweetener on that. And partners obviously in dad tracks is part of, you know, the 15 months as well. So it mimics um, maternity with partner specific content. Got it. Got it. So you guys are a startup company. You've been around since, was it 2014? Yeah. So since launch, how many employers have really implemented your service or um, I don't know if you track that or how many how many women have actually, you know, gone through the 15 month program? 
So I, we don't share numbers publicly on either. I mean, we now have a new VP of marketing who's like, you don't do that. Consumer <laughs> 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 or enterprise. So, okay. but, um, but we've been in business and we rolled out our first employers in 2015 and we work with employers from as few as um, a few hundred employees. And then our largest is, you know, a hundred, a few hundred thousand employees. So it really, um, you know, runs the gamut and we are international as well. And so that's also a huge trend that we're seeing is, you know, bringing all of global, you know, women's and family health benefits and on one platform. So. Got it. Got it. Now, let me ask you a question. Is this product only for an employer who's self-insured or, you know, is an employer who let's say is, is maybe a little bit smaller, but you know, still is kind of battling the recruitment and retention issues. If they're fully insured, can they engage with Maven as well? Yeah. So basically every it's, you know, it's a carve out. So if you're self-insured, you may, you know, put us in your medical budget and, you know, and we're a condition management program, but if you're fully insured, it means you're probably a, a much smaller company. And this is a, a pure talent play and just kind of a making a better workplace play, valuing your, all of your employees. It's a really easy program to roll out for, for whoever you are. And then for health plans, you know, that that's, it's, it's interesting. We have a slightly different way that we work with health plans, but that will be all revealed very soon. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Got it. Are there any obstacles you've encountered when, you know, you're talking to an employer to them actually saying yes and implementing your services? Uh, yeah, I think that, um, you know, there was a lot of obstacles in the very early days because no one understood return to work as like, it was even a problem. So that was, um, it's been amazing that it's become like this, the topic of conversation, even at benefits conferences. Um, so, well, so there's two things, right? So one, it's like, you know, everyone's so sick of, of contracting with so many different vendors and no one can, there's so many vendors, people are being assaulted by vendors, like, There's just like, you know, all these point solutions out there. And so I think what's been interesting over the last few years is our prospective clients and our clients talk a lot about how do we sort through this and then how do we efficiently, you know, we know that point solutions are the things that actually are delivering value, which is why why it's a a huge market. Um, But how do we prioritize and then how do we pick which ones is, I think, and then how do we contract with them all efficiently? So that's been one area I think everyone's trying to still figure out there's no answer to that yet, or every answer is different per employer. The other thing I think is there's still people are waking up finally to like what the problems are in this area, because it's not like women go around talking about miscarriage and it's not like they go around talking about the loneliness of IVF or what it's like to be eight months pregnant and work and have a boss who doesn't like, you know, who pretends you literally aren't pregnant. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But you know what? I think to our society's credit, we are talking about it more. Yes. I mean, 20, 20, 30 years ago, nobody talked about this stuff. Right. You know, now you talk about it, you know, your friends who are struggling with some of these issues and you know, it's it's not necessarily you know taboo to to talk about these things. Exactly. So I think that that's what has kind of prompted an uh, like an explosion in the last two years in our business is just it, it really was and it's been in the last two years it was not four years ago. It was very it was much harder four years ago and and it's great. And so I still occasionally have you know I'm in meetings where there's just no awareness of the issues, but they're they're few they're they're less frequent now. Yeah. So we're getting close to the end of our time here. Kate, if there was one question that I should have asked you, but I didn't, what would it be? 
what is is incredibly exciting from from our program is you know em, employers and health plans around fertility fertility and maternity is only where we're starting but this is a blue ocean market there's so much need whether it's pediatrics there's you know the gender differences inherent in medicine so the fact that women experience heart attacks very differently than men there's different symptoms and there's increasingly different doctors that really really specialize the so women's cardio menopause there's just there, this, the sky's the limit. So I think, um, you know, what we're doing is proving the value of our product and really delivering value in an area that desperately needs it right now. But because of our, our network and our, our, you know, data infrastructure and what we're doing, I think, um, you know, we really hope to make a huge impact on the entire women's and family health category. Well, that's what it's all about, making an impact. And I really appreciate what you guys are doing. I think there's, there's a need for it. And I think it's a great great service. So how can people interested in Maven learn more about the product and uh, get in touch with some with someone from your organization? So if you go on our website, mavenclinic.com, and you just go to the top, there's a place for employers. You can sign up for a demo and we'll get in touch with you right away. You can email sales at mavenclinic.com if, if you don't, if you want to skip that step um, and ask, it, ask for a demo. So we're pretty easy to get in touch with. Very cool. All right. Well, Kate, on behalf of our listeners and myself, I want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us. I thought it was a great conversation and, and hopefully very insightful for our audience. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Reconstructing Healthcare. If you like what you heard here, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you're interested in continuing the conversation, please visit us at www.reconstructinghealthcare.com where you can access the show notes for this episode and links to Maven Clinic's website and contact information. Lastly, be sure to check out some of the free resources on our website, including links to articles and books, as well as our Health Plan Innovator Scorecard where you can benchmark your health plan against a plan that is truly designed to lower healthcare costs and improve value for your employees. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Reconstructing Healthcare Podcast.